Hello and welcome to the podcast Where Did the Rabbit Go? A podcast where every week we look at a certain claim that has been made on social media, in the news, or something picked up in a casual conversation, and go down the rabbit hole. I'm your host Marco and this is show 25 for Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. How's everyone doing? I hope you are still safe and healthy. Today, I'm bringing you another exciting episode with the main topic and the second round of the trivia game, Find the Fake. From the Rabbit headquarters, where all the neighbors have decided to start home improvement projects with drills and all the dogs are barking, so I hope we're not hearing too much of that in the background. In order to keep all this blah 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 out, let's just jump right into it, shall we, dear rabbits? There's a rabbit hole waiting for us, and we know what we have to do about it. Today's episode title is, Why is there so much bad news? Have you ever wondered this? It surely feels like it, that the great majority of the news is rather bad, or at best neutral. There seems to be hardly any good news, whether it's on TV, in a newspaper, on a blog, or even on social media. So that raises two questions. First of all, is that really true? Does this phenomenon that most news is bad actually exist? And secondly, if so, why is that? And if not so, then why does it seem like it? Let's try to remember the news of the last days. Doesn't it seem like they always open with the new record coronavirus numbers, fatal car crashes, kidnappings and shootings, robbery, and the dumbest thing of the day that was said, usually by the country's leader? That's all really depressing. But what about the good stuff? The local person winning the lottery, or scientific discoveries, a kitten saved from a tree, or the dogs being adopted from a pet shelter. Those things all do happen too, but it seems like they are a mere footnote pushed to the end of the news, or to the latter pages, and not receive the same amount of attention. Well, let us look into what is happening. First. I thought I'd just take a dive into the home pages and title pages of some famous newspapers. What are the headlines that made it to page one? I know, I know, that's just anecdotal evidence, but bear with me, dear rabbits. That's only the introduction. Taking a look at the New York Times of the day before recording, Tuesday, July 21st. These are the headlines as you open the home page. The first ones that you can see that are right there that you don't need to scroll for. And I let you judge if they are negative, positive or neutral. Here we go. Trump says virus will probably get worse before it gets better. US accuses hackers of trying to steal coronavirus vaccine data for China. End of $600 unemployment bonus could push millions past the brink. Chaotic scenes in Portland as backlash to federal deployment grows. Okay, I will leave it there. What was your tally of these four headlines? Good or bad news? Let us look at another one. Let us check the BBC. 
Trump concedes pandemic to get worse before it gets better. Ukraine hostage crisis. Lutsk siege ends after president's bizarre video. Afghan girl kills two Taliban militants in fight back. Beethoven 250, the ultimate song of health after illness. And what the mysterious boredom divide teaches us. Okay, sorry for not reading this in British English. Well, it's all not bad there, but the total balance still inclines to the negative side, doesn't it? Let's now look at the local news here in my northern Mexican hometown from the local section of the newspaper Milenio. In 24 hours, Nuevo León has 41 deaths due to COVID-19. Nuevo León is the top three in crimes against freedom, family and sex crimes. Bear follows a woman as she walks in San Pedro streets. Well, you tell me if this goes towards the positive or negative side. Here's one more from my home country, from the German city of Cologne, in their local newspaper Express. This is how tourists complain about the Cologne Cathedral. Over and out. New pop-up beer garden is suddenly history. Now John Cordoba speaks. The Cologne star striker leaves his future open. Okay, a few things about Cologne before we go on. Cordoba was one of the few players who had a good season and saved the team from relegation in the Bundesliga. And his contract expires next year and he might not be staying in the team. That's bad news for the local club. And you simply don't mess with people from Cologne about their football team or about their historic cathedral. Period. So enough headlines. That was a total of 15 from four different countries. I bet none of you identified more than two or three as good news. And those were the ones you can see right away when you're opening the homepage. And well, this is only anecdotal, but it seems that there are at least more bad news reported. Which raises the question, is there more bad news in the world? Or do those just tell better? And it looks like it's the later. News outlets simply choose to emphasize or report more of the bad news. Because those are the ones that people pay more attention to. This can be measured by the number of clicks articles with good and bad news receive and how much time people spend on them. And this is deeply rooted in our brains, my dear rabbits. There's even a name for this phenomenon, negativity bias. Recently, an interesting book has been published about this by John Tierney and Ron Baumeister with the title The Power of Bad, How the Negativity Effect Rules Us and How We Can Rule It. And they talked about it on the Freakonomics radio show. And this is not just about news. It is in general about positive and negative experiences. Turns out, we are rather a pessimist than an optimist species. You can also explore this in Baumeister's paper, Bad is Stronger Than Good, which I will link in the show notes. It is a rather long article, but a very interesting read. Let's take a look at a few examples. One is the phenomenon of loss aversion. The researchers simply looked at people's reactions about losing or winning money. Just imagine this for yourself. Imagine you would win $50 or you would lose the same amount, $50. People in general tended to show a stronger reaction towards losing the money that was theirs. 
Sure, they were happy when winning money, but that was shadowed by the anger or disappointment of losing the money. Another study looked at how people would take acceptance or rejection by other people. It turns out that after having been rejected, in several contexts, the participants of the study showed a more aggressive behavior. One more example. Think about work. It doesn't matter whether you're the boss or the employee. Let's just say the employee shows up late or misses the day completely unannounced. That's bad news. So if that same worker shows up on time the next day, that's good news. But is it good enough to equalize the negative effect of the previous day? What about a cheating spouse? If your partner kissed someone else, would just one kiss for you make up for it completely? No. And that's the point. We give much more weight to the negative things. It takes hard work to build up a reputation or a relationship. But you can destroy it in one instant. And sure, you might recover, but that takes much longer and much more effort. According to Tierney, the rule of thumb is that it takes about four good things to overcome one bad thing. This might vary a bit in the particular situation, but that seems to be an average. So if the worker showed up late on Monday, by being on time and working hard for the other four days of the week, they might have made up for it. The interesting explanation is that this behavior can actually be explained with evolution. So let's imagine two of our ancestors, Pepe and Paco. Pepe was a pessimist. He never missed on the negatives, but he missed some good news, some opportunities. And Paco was an optimist, a go-getter. He always took all the opportunities and risks that presented themselves. Pepe never went for it and Paco always went for it. Let's imagine on 9 out of 10 occasions, there was something good hidden in the bush. Let's say it was Paula, a nice girl to spend time with. So those 9 out of 10 occasions, Pepe missed the chance and Paco took it. But the 10th time, there was a fierce lion hiding. So this time, Pepe stayed safe, while Paco got killed and eaten. This might not always have been the case, but in general, more of the pessimists then the optimists survived, which means more pessimists had children and passed that attitude on to those children. Our ancestors were likely the ones that were focused on the bad news. Tierney and Baumeister put it into words like this. Life has to win every day. Death only has to win once. So our brains are hardwired to watch out for the dangerous, for the bad news, and those have more weight than the good news. If we missed an opportunity, sure it hurts, but there will be more opportunities. But if we put our lives in danger, there might not be another opportunity. So winning is something good, but losing something is not only bad, it's worse. And there you go. That's negativity bias. And all the news outlets know this, of course. There is more demand for bad news, so they will likely give us bad news. This is nothing new, although it surely seems like it with all the bad news about the coronavirus. If there are some big bad news, we don't want to miss out on it. But if there was something good, we just might. 
Do you remember that Michael Jordan was coming out of retirement at the age of 38 years? At least he was going to? That would have been great news. Why don't we remember this? This headline never made it to the title pages. The story was about to be published on September 11th, 2001. And we all remember what was the one and only topic on the news that day and the following days. Sure, that was a big one, but the bad news generally eclipsed the good news. So test yourselves. Take a look at newspapers and decide whether the headlines on the title pages are good or bad. When you go on a news webpage, observe yourselves. What are the articles that you spend your time with? I'm not saying that this is all bad and we should change it, but we should be aware of it. And if we consume too much bad news, and right now this is difficult where many of us are still in lockdown, mandatory or voluntarily, receiving all this bad news is not really good for our mental health. It can be very depressing. So here is some good advice. Only watch the news once per day. Establish a time for watching or reading the news and do it only at that time. And there you might watch all the bad news. Look at the new record numbers in the local, national or international COVID-19 toll. That's fine. But for the rest of the day, let it go. Follow pages that are actually sharing good news. There are many optimists out there. TED Talks are something good to watch. Or follow motivational influencers like Nas Daily or authors like Simon Sinek. Look for web pages dedicated to positive news like reasons to be cheerful. And if you are very sensitive to certain topics that always push you over the edge, avoid them. You might install an ad to your browser like Google's custom blocker, which helps you filter out content with certain keywords. And if you change your mind, you can always change the list of keywords in the setup later. Well, my dear rabbits, that's it for the main topic. I would like to hear your opinion. Are you rather an optimist, a pessimist, or somewhere in between? And what do you do to not let yourself get pulled down by bad news too much? Reach out and drop me a note on Instagram. All right, let us now look at the weekly trivia Find the Fake. Last week, I swept you guys. Nobody selected the correct option which does not really make me feel better and shouldn't affect you too much because we've learned something new. But maybe I made it too difficult. Let's see if this week was easier for you. This week, the four statements were about sloths. Fascinating animals. But come to think about it, maybe the first animal segment should have been about, well, rabbits? Note to myself, future idea. But these were the four items about sloths, as I shared them on Instagram for you to play along. Item number one. Sloths have algae growing on their body, giving them a camouflage. Item number two. Sloths urinate and defecate only once per week. Item number three. Although they are clumsy, sloths are actually great swimmers. And item number four. Sloths can only turn their heads about 20 degrees. Okay, so you can still pause and guess and then play the answers. Like last time, let us take them in ascending order of user guesses. Item number three was guessed by 11% to be the fake. So are sloths really good swimmers? 
Well, I know people who are clumsy and good swimmers, but I am not a good swimmer. Sorry, I digress. This one is actually true. Yes, sloths can swim three times faster than they can walk on land. And they can hold their breath for 40 minutes. That's longer than I can stay quiet. Let's go to item number two, which was also picked by 11%. Sloths urinate and defecate only once per week. This one is also true. And actually, they always go to the same spot. Sloths are creatures of habit. And this is important because it's not safe for them to climb down the trees. So when they do, they follow a routine. And they only do this once per week. Next is item number one. Do sloths have algae growing on their bodies? This one was picked by 22%. But it is true. They have such a slow-moving and sedentary lifestyle that their fur is a great environment for algae and fungi to grow. According to research by the Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute, those fungi could one day be used as a drug to fight against everything from parasites to cancers. Which leaves us with number four, guessed by 55%. Sloths can rotate their heads only by 20 degrees, and this one was the fake. I took a real sloth fact though and changed it. The truth is much more fascinating. They can rotate their heads an incredible 270 degrees or even more. And together with peripheral vision, this allows them to see everything just by moving their heads and eyes and not moving their bodies. Yeah, that sounds like a slothy thing to do. I want to give a shout out to all the people who participated on the Instagram poll, hoping soon more people will take part in this lovely game. So tell your friends. But a special shout out to those who were not fooled and answered right, which were Elisa Festin, Fausta Filipusis, Gina Gredano, Ben Argon, and Angelica Vallecillo. Before we close this segment, here's a really cool bonus fact about sloths. They are anatomically built to survive when they fall down from the trees, which happens a lot to them about once per week on average, often while they are asleep when they lose grip. Maybe they take advantage of that weekly mishap and go to the bathroom? I wonder. Well, my dear rabbits, you hear it. The dogs are barking again. And this is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for spending some time and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something. You can find my podcast on Instagram at Where Did The Rabbit Go? Over there, you can also participate in the trivia on next Tuesday. If you like the show and you want to support me, there are easy and painless ways to do so. You can rate and review the show, whether you're listening on Spotify or on iTunes. That would make it easier for other people to find the podcast as well. And please subscribe to the show so you get it into your podcast feed automatically every time there's a new episode. Communicate with me using the hashtag where did the rabbit go on Instagram or Twitter. Remember this week's question for you. Are you rather an optimist, a pessimist or somewhere in between? And what do you do to not let yourself get pulled down by bad news too much? Dear rabbits, stay safe and stay curious. Until next Thursday, I am Marco and this has been Where Did the Rabbit Go?